Welcome to Fandom Night. Clean up on aisle one. Jackass clean up on aisle one. Jackass on aisle one. <laughs> Alright, this is Fandom Night Wrestling Corner back again. <coughs> and... still, still one of my favorites. <laughs> as soon as you said it off air, I was like, dude... I remember watching that crap live. I was like, oh my god, that was so funny. And actually, that's what we're going to go into. Our, mostly what our, we know as favorite moments in the WWF, WWE. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, where do you want to start off with favorite moments? Uh, like I said, the, the whole feud between WCW and WWF, back when it still was WWF before it became WWE. During this, uh, when, the when, invasion stuff. Yeah. Because the entire invasion That stuff, was a great feud that it, they had and great well, idea. that's what's weird about the it. The idea is, was great. Yeah, the idea was awesome, but that's what's weird about it was they, they were trying to play it off like all the WWF guys were supposed to be heel and all the WCW guys were supposed to be face at the time. So with all the WCW guys trying to be good guys, but at the same time they were the ones that were coming over into uh, WWF at the time, a lot of the WWF fans didn't catch on to it, and it turned almost into a Rock thing. Where back when Rock was Ma uh, Rocky Maivia and trying to be Everyone you know a face, everybody was hating him, being like, "We've already seen this, you know, get us something new." And then as soon as he became just the Rock, and was literally running around people, you know, running around telling people to like kiss his ass type of thing, everybody was like, "Yay!" <laughs> and, and it became like. This, the like the rock was pretty much like the start of the whole like it, uh, heels acting like faces type of thing like getting that, that over was mostly in the attitude era yeah like like how I mean, even with like Bret Hart mm -hmm. for a long while he was a face and then you know when Stone Cold came in and people started booing Bret and Bret just kind of people just started booing him even though he was still trying to be a face yeah he was still trying to play the quote unquote hero good guy and at the end of the day, most people were still like, yeah, F on you! Like, you know, it, it, and again, I brought it up in the last episode, like, even with Cena. Like, the whole fact of him coming in and trying to play it off like he's, you know, this big gangster thug, you know, type of thing. And now and, he's become the more or less the face of the WWE. Yeah. Except for, uh, I guess, well, he partially is now, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and Triple H, like, Triple H's career was pretty much damn near, like, solidified. Not even with the fact that, you know, he was, you know, dating and, you know, eventually married Stephanie McMahon, but... He, uh, sorry. <laughs> but it come down to a thing where he was still, like, one of the baddest of the bad guys, and people still, like, cheered him on and was like, and you know... this was part of the DX stuff. Oh, no, no, this is, like, pre-DX stuff, like... Was Hunter Hearst Helmsley? No, 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 not not as Hunter. Well, this might have been a little after because when I got into it, DX was not around. Like it, when I got into it, DX wasn't really there because this was a little after like China had quit and uh, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, uh, um, God, what can Shawn I? Shawn Michaels? Of? No, not Shawn Michaels. Uh, uh, the, the other guy, the 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 X Pac or uh, yeah, X Pac. X Pac. X-Pac. Yeah, yeah, no joke. Six-Ball, whatever his name Yeah, is. it was right around the time that, like, DX had, like, the five members, and all of them had already, like, split off and were doing their own thing. Like, China had 
pretty much like she wasn't really doing anything wrestling she, anymore. She had stopped. I think she was like maybe doing like the this Intercontinental Championship run or whatever. Yeah, yeah, she was trying that, and then like it, it was like I said, it was a little before she ended up quitting. Because hmm. uh, uh, X Pac was like he was still around, but he was working like. Well, wasn't X Pac still kind of around with uh, some of the New Age Outlaws though? I think he might have been, but like kinda, I said, kinda, it, it, it was around the time because back when Mad TV was big, like around like their third or fourth season, back when it was like Will Sasso and you know, uh, uh, it was Alex Borstein, Will Sasso, and all that. And I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it all kind of links back together. But they were doing like the pre-show house show stuff, like the Heat and the Velocity and that. They they were running it on like Fox. Like, right after... Uh, uh, right after Mad TV? Yeah, right after Mad TV, because I was watching Mad TV one night, and it was Will Sasso and Alex Borstein, and they were sitting around, and they were talking about how Will Sasso was going to show up and do, like, a Monday Night Raw. And they ended up showing the footage where he shows up to fight somebody, and he literally, like, gets in two or three hits and then takes a steel chair and then is down for, like the rest of it like they just called the match i've never seen uh, because that that was around the time because i was like a huge fan of gangrel at the time because it was like it, it was one of those things where it was interesting oh, the to see his, yeah it was interesting to see his opener where he would literally like it'd be a fire pit in like the middle of the ramp or no it was a fire pit in the middle of the stage and like the stage would raise up and he'd like show the up. side of the stage yeah and he'd come out with the cup of blood and be spitting blood and you know Gold Dust was essentially part of the Job Squad type of thing. Like that's all it was. Is it was like Job Squad pre-show matches <laughs> that didn't really mean anything. Although eventually know? there was the Job Squad in. Yeah. WWF. Yeah. But uh, you know, and, and of course you know, even okay. Again, we we'd still have to bring up the BS that come with it. But when it come down to like a. a God, why can't I think of his name right now? Chris Benoit. Like, anytime Chris Benoit was doing almost anything. He was giving it his all. Oh, yeah. Like, whether he was heel or face, anytime he'd do anything, if the crowd wasn't behind him, he'd just hold up the four horsemen fingers and everybody would start cheering type of thing. Like, like stuff like that. Well, except for when he came to the WWE. F, then he wasn't quite doing the four thing. Yeah, he was he wasn't quite holding up his four, you know, doing the four horsemen thing. But but even so, he would still do it every now and again. And like people who knew would be like, "Oh my god!" Now of course I'd be sitting there being like, "What? What?" And then of course you know, being in the information age we are with the internet, and you know, even after the you interwebs, know, once <laughs> once he passed and they were showing off some of the old matches. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, going back and paying attention to it, it's like, oh, okay, now I get that. But, like I said, you know, when it come down to Triple H, like, DX was broken up. Like, Sean was doing his own thing, and Hunter was doing his own thing, and then every, every now and again... Still, Sean was probably still at home recovering from uh, whatever back issues he had. He might have been, because I know... For a while, he was just like a, a sheriff... Uh, interim person yeah because he he wasn't too sure about getting back in the ring yeah and and like i said it was one of those things where you know you you, you got like undertaker doing you know the american badass thing and then all of a sudden like something happened where triple h ended up getting jumped and then Shawn michaels runs in and breaks it up and all of a sudden everybody starts in on dx and that was around the time that they were like let's bring back dx 
You know, because that's how you get the ones now where, you know, Triple H has, like, the beard. And, the, you know what I mean? Like, the shirt where they're doing the DX with Triple H with the beard. Yeah. And oh. then on the back, they're mooning everybody. You oh, know what the, I mean? Wh- when they re-reformed yeah. DX. With the, the new and improved DX. Yeah, exactly, where it was just yeah. them. Around the time that uh, Sean found the his belief in God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that type of thing. And, you know, I brought it up before, but, like, oh, my God, I just thought about that. When the APA ended up, like, I can't remember if it was around the time that Bradshaw and Farouk had broken up or what, but, like, all of a sudden, then they they started, uh, I can't remember if it was they were feuding with them or what, but somebody started feuding with the politically correct group. Oh, the right to censor. Yes. Yes, all that stuff. It was Stevie Richards. Uh Uh-huh. I think Bull Buchanan. Uh Uh-huh. The Good father. Yep. And I think Ivory was part of it. Yes, too. yes it was. Like, oh man, like that that type of stuff, you know, like it, it was around that time that, you know, that that's when you started drawing like battle lines. Because, you know, the first time you're watching it, you know, or at least the first time I started watching it after coming back, this was around the time of uh I think this was around the time of the Hell in the Cell where uh there, there was many Hell in the Cell matches. Yeah. Around that time I've been the like the three stages. It was of hell. it was a little after yeah it was a little after the hell in the cell where Rikishi ended up getting thrown into yeah. the back of the pickup truck. Yeah, I think that show that you're talking about with the right to well some of the right to censor era era the right to censor era. Yeah, I know there was a, a three stages of hell involving Stone Cold and Triple H. Mm-hmm. In which case, I think I think it might have ended going as far as a hell in a cell. Yeah. I think... I, it, I, if I remember correctly... Oh, God. I can't remember what the first match was. I, I, I know Stone Cold... Stone Cold Triple H had three stages of hell. Uh-huh. Triple H and Shawn Michaels had a three, three stages, stages of hell. Three stages of hell, yep. I think... I forgot who else... There might have been one other few that had a three stages of hell. <laughs> I, I just forgot who. Sorry, I just glanced up at the TV and... Taker got thrown out of the <laughs> ring, and he's all pissed off about and, it. And, and his open shirt. Yeah, exactly. Now, oh man. For me, if you, if we want to go into WWF WWE favorite moments, I mean, like I said in the, the previous ones, for me, it it does start off with Taker beating Hulk Hogan for oh, the yeah. title. Oh yeah. I mean that that is his first time winning it. Oh yeah. And then from there, and actually, if I remember correctly, wasn't wasn't the stipulation set where Hogan was like, "Oh no, no, that that was something else. Never mind, <laughs> never mind." I, I'm I'm thinking of uh, the Hogan Andre the Giant fight, where there was a stipulation set where uh, Hogan would end up winning the title if he could actually give a body slam to Andre the Giant. Wait, wait, wait! You might be thinking about when Andre fought Big John Stud at WrestleMania. Two because it was like a body slam. No, WrestleMania one. It was body slam challenge. Yeah. He had a body slam. Big John Stud, and if he did, that that's how the match was ended because the body slam. And if he won, he got not only the match but he got some money. I don't know. All I remember is because, uh, like I said, I was uh, mixing up my facts. But like I said, when it come down to the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan thing, where. Hogan lifted up Andre the Giant and slammed him. Yeah, he. Yeah, he actually he he, he made he hurt a deal. Himself. Oh yeah, he did. But he made a deal with McMahon because McMahon didn't think he could do it. 
<laughs> he was like, there's no way you're going to be able to do it. He weighs too much. He's too big. We have yet to find somebody who could do it. And Hogan was like, how about this? If I can body slam him, I win. If I can't, then Andre can just, you know, keep the title or whatever. And because he was actually able to lift him up and give him a fucking body slam, that's how Hogan got the title. Well, Hogan Hogan was the champion. Was he? The, the only time he wasn't the champion was like that... that I, I think that time when there was the two Hefners involved. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I, I just remember there was that story on it. But, let's see... But uh, no, uh... uh I was thinking of something else. Uh, aside from uh, aside from the Undertaker winning the first world championship, it's weird that later on, I think around 2002, when Hogan came back, he did fight Undertaker again for a championship. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was kind of a similar thing, but not the same outcome because yeah. Ric Flair wasn't involved in the rematch. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah... Also, got to go into that whole invasion thing. That was great what they were oh, yeah. able to do, but it's like there's so many people that they could have pulled for that, though. Oh, yeah, they could have kept so many different people, but they they just kind of went through the roster and they were just like, you're gone, you stay, you're gone, you're gone, you're I, gone, you stay. I mean, one major person that they could have brought in, but he didn't want to, was Sting. Oh, yeah. Sting would have been great during that invasion. Oh, yeah. But then again, Sting didn't really want to get involved with the WWE. Yeah, Sting, Sting had some some problem with the way that the politics worked. Like he he had tried he, it before or something. He said that they they have con they were contacting him for a long while to come over. Yeah, and he but didn't want anything to do with Sting it. Sting joined up with TNA. Yeah, because uh, uh, back before it was actually TNA. It was like TNA NWA thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I can't During remember the what the original times. name of it was because I remember it was like they TN would show it on Tuesdays on like the the one of the sports yeah. channels, like higher up sports. It was channels. a TNA Impact. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But uh, yeah, the the whole invasion brought in a lot of good talent. Oh yeah, well, more talent than what was already in the WWE from ECW and WCW. Oh, like, dude, because when. There's no, no, that, go, go, go ahead. I just that, thought of something. There's that one point when, like, the ECW and WCW guys came in and started beating up on the WWE guys, and then some more WWF guys come running into the ring, and you think they're going to help, but it's like, wait, those guys used to work with ECO. Uh-huh. Which, which they branching... They turn around and start beating up on... <laughs> yeah, which I was about to say, branching off of that, that was around the time that, uh... uh WWE finally decided that they were going going to allow ECW to come back, and around that time, well, when they did like the big pay per view, so they were letting like Sandman come out and Tommy Dreamer and everybody, and getting them all back involved. It's one of those things because you know you you forget about it if you weren't actually watching ECW, which I never actually did. Some of these guys were too violent for well, not well, only their their characters were too yeah. Violent. Not only were some of them too violent, but like I said, it come down to, you know, you get to the ass end of the pay-per-view, because it was one of the few pay-per-views I actually watched, and you get everybody in the ring, like ECW guys and, you know, WWE guys, and everybody's, you know, pretty much, you know, fighting, and all of a sudden, Stone Cold's music hits, and he oh, comes out. Oh, it's at the end of that, that one Raw. Uh-huh. It's probably prior, I think it was either prior or the second one prior to the Invasion pay-per-view. Yep. Stone Cold actually finally snapped back into his old Stone Cold personality. Uh -huh. Yeah, because he comes out 
And all of a sudden I was like, oh, Stone Cold's going to save him. And my buddy Britt goes, no, he won't. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, just, no, he won't. And sure, I'm sitting there, I'm like, what the, what the hell are you talking about, dude? He's going to come out. He's going to, you know, ECW's going to end up losing this. This isn't going to be good. Oh, now you're tipping into and, the invasion pay-per-view itself. Yeah. Where yeah, Stone that's Cold what I mean, the pay-per-view turns. itself. Yeah, he comes out and he was like, all of a sudden he grabs up a mic and like, there's people like struggling and holding on and they're all looking around like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they were confused, like, he wasn't even supposed to be there type of thing. And all of a sudden he comes out and he goes, You know, people forget that a long, long time ago I got fired. And I joined up a group. And all of a sudden he, like, gives somebody a stunner. And all the ECW guys throw out the WWE guys. And they were like, he, he was like, ECW lives type of thing. And, Oh, man, that one was definitely a good one. And even going into ECW, like, getting up the actual DVD of, like, their, quote, best matches and all the behind-the-scenes stuff and everything. They had some good stuff in those. Oh, dude, they had all kinds of good stuff. In fact, it, it, it was funny because uh, back when we used to yard, Bill actually joined in for a while. I thought, he, I thought he wasn't involved that much stuff, though. He wasn't. He, he showed up to, like, two or three things because he was trying to work it out like it was supposed to be, like, a... Uh, action movie type of thing instead of it being you know exactly what it was which was a bunch of kids you know backyard wrestling <clears throat> but uh we had his character set to be bill lee which is funny because none of us knew ec dub and we knew there actually was a guy whose name was bill lee huh. like i i don't know i mean ecw had so many weird oh, holy crap oh, hold on Let's let let's not dip into ECW that much. We, yeah, we, we'll save that for another episode. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about some more, maybe a few more WWE, WWF moments. I mean, let's see. We already discussed. Uh, the yeah, we already covered that. We already covered that. Oh, uh, a little after the uh, TLC pay per view, they actually did a Raw where they had a TLC match as the main event. Yeah, but like there, like actually seeing it live a, was pretty freaking awesome. There was only maybe like a few Raw shows that actually had a TLC match. Oh yeah, well that's just it. It's because it's a specialty type of match. Like as far as I know, I've only seen like two uh, uh, Texas Bull Rope matches. Um, I've only seen two or three TLC matches. I've only seen like maybe two or three Helen or no like four or five steel cage matches. And then, like, one or two fucking Hell in a Cells. And that's another thing that like, kind of comes up is the steel cages. Mm -hmm. The steel cages have evolved over time. I mean, we yeah. all remember the old blue... It used to be the blue cage. The blue cage, and then it ends up going into, like, the mesh cage. Yep, it was just And a... then it goes into Hell in the Cell. Uh-huh. And even the Hell in the Cell... And then the mesh, the mesh cage actually changed, too, because uh, it used to be just, like... They, they got up like a bunch of steel fencing like the old blue cage and tied it together and then they realized that the support structure on it wasn't good enough because who was it somebody they, they ended up uh, throwing somebody into the cage and realized that it had shifted and somebody was about to win and they were like oh hell no and literally slid in between the ring and the cage hmm. so because of that i think that that was about the time that they put the uh, steel girders around the top of the cage that way then not only would there be extra support so you could get up to the top and then you know if you wanted to dive back into the ring and do crazy crap like that but at the same time then there wouldn't be as much shifting yeah. of the of the cage but then again when you go into the steel cages oh themselves. plus they put the door on it too <laughs> 
But when you go into steel cages, you would also have to go into WCW's war games, which we could, again, go into another episode about. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, the, the cages in the WWF, WWE has really evolved over the years. I mean, oh, yeah. Even, the, like I said, the Hell in the Cell itself, when it first mm-hmm. came out, the, the first one between Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, compared to, like, the last one, which... Not that many people actually climb on top of it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say, if I remember correctly, one of the last few times that people climbed on top of it, or at least the last two times I can think of anyway, was like the Mankind match when he climbed on top of it. Oh, Mankind. And then, of course, the one where uh, uh, Rikishi ended up getting thrown off into the pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I can't think of any more of them. Like, I pretty know, much they had the cage there as almost a gimmick where they were just kind of tossing people into it and I know walking away. One more recent one was involving CM Punk. And I think uh, he was feuding with somebody who was managed by Paul Heyman mm-hmm. because he was doing some feud with Paul Heyman because he used to man- manage him. Yeah. But eventually they got to the top of the cage, did a little feuding, a little bit of feuding, but nobody got tossed off or anything. Yeah. But the match itself kind of ended, and I think the pay-per-view itself ended with CM Punk, you know, on top of the cage. Yeah. But that was yeah. the last time anybody got on top of the cage. Yeah, which that's one of those ones that I didn't watch, because that was about the time I ended up, like, stop watching. Like, Punk got in, something happened where he didn't get over, and then that was around the time that... Um, Wasn't that during, the, like, the rebranding of ECW when they tried that whole... I think so. When they tried the ECW zombie uh, character and stuff like that. Yeah, they were trying the zombie character, and they had, like... <laughs> who was it? They had, like, Kelly Kelly or somebody like that Kelly running Kelly. around trying to get naked all the time, yeah. and Punk kept coming out being like, no. No, no, it wasn't Punk, it was somebody else. It was, uh... Some other character, but Punk was yeah. part of that. But, yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know... Oh, and then, of course, the, the screw-up on ECW as well when they, they rebranded it, where uh, Hardcore Holly comes out and he takes the table, and, of oh. course, they forget to pull the supports. Yeah. And he, like, slashed his back up. Hardcore Holly was uh, fighting Rob Van Dam, I think. Yeah. And then Rob, Hardcore Holly was supposed to get knocked into the table, but, yeah, that, that piece cut his back wide open. Oh, yeah. I mean... And then, of course, they had to go back through the whole thing of, you know, hey, remember, don't try this at yeah. home. Yeah, they kept and it's like, them. you know, you guys have been jamming that crap down our throats for years, and, even, and even most that, of us know not to, but we still do it anyway. The newest version of that doesn't even say that anymore. It doesn't say don't try this at home anymore. It just, I think it says something else. But Like, don't try this period type of thing. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I mean, it... I don't know. Like I said, it's one of those things that for years after they realized that people were doing backyard wrestling, that was about the time that they started doing all the promos like, don't try this at home, we're training professionals. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we know. I mean, I mean, look at the, the, the backyard uh, wrestling games. I mean, mm-hmm. the cover, the, Which the name of, itself most said Most of the backyard wrestling stuff was no more than an attempt to get, like, softcore porno well, I mean, along with, with like the title on the name of like the game said don't try this at home yeah which was really a warning <laughs> yeah exactly and most of the games like I, I brought over two games uh, the uh, day of reckoning games which in my opinion definitely had like the best storyline element to it for the creative character in fact I think it's the only storyline element outside of like uh, the Smackdown Raw, Raw games well I was about to say like Raw 2 where you could actually like in the middle of doing stuff you could actually set it up where you set traps for whoever you're going to fight or, you know, train or random crap like that or a 
attack somebody backstage. Like, that had some good stuff to it, too. But, like I said, in my opinion, because at the time I was huge Nintendo fanboy, like I said, it wasn't until right about the ass end of the uh, GameCube era that I stopped being a Nintendo fanboy, which pretty much says a lot. But, it, in my opinion, it definitely had, like, some of the strongest storyline elements. But it's one of those things where even after you played the game, it, does, it waits until you get to the end of the game, or if you just click the credits and watch the credits, it pretty much it waits until the ass end of the game to be like, now remember, don't try this at home. Even in like the last WrestleMania game that they made, it was like one of the first ones on the GameCube. I think it was like... WrestleMania 19? Yeah, 19 was one of the first wrestling games I got. And of course it did up the creative character and everything. It quite literally waits until the end of the game when you run through the storyline mission where you've been outcasted. Like, you get fired from the WWE, and after you get fired from the WWE, you pretty much you have to go to, like, a, a shopping mall and break up the mall because it's going to be a WWE mall. <laughs> you, you have to go to a construction site where yeah, they're that, building up a new arena. Weird. and shit. That Yeah, that, that was weird crap. I mean, it taught you the fundamentals of the game for, you know, later stuff like Hell in a Cell when matches. you have to fight, like, multiple people, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those things where it quite literally waits till the ass end of the game, and then it's like, dude, really? <laughs> I gotta quit looking at this damn TV! Um, but yeah, it waits till the end of the game to be like, now don't try this at home. Meanwhile, most of these matches you get so pissed off at, like the fights, especially in uh, uh, the Day of Reckoning games, uh, there's two different times in both of the games, there's two separate instances, where you have to win a cage match. And winning a cage match in one of those games is so fucking it, ridiculous. It was difficult in a lot of those games. Like, quite literally, the best way to win it is to let your opponent beat the living shit out of you. Build up, like, it, it has, like, a critical special thing. Yeah. Where it gives you a free special and it allows you to switch the fact that you're in blue, which is dead life, with their, if they're actually just kicking your ass, full, like, hardcore red life. <laughs> and you do it, and it's a momentum shift, is what it's called. And, you know, you always end up, like, flipping them off, doing a stunner, like, punching them in the balls like a Ric Flair move. Climb the cage. They can't move after that. Once once their momentum has shifted from full to dead, do-do-do, climb the climb the cage, and done. Otherwise, you spend hours replaying these fucking matches because you can't beat them. <laughs> so it takes you days and weeks to do sometimes if you haven't built your character right. Or, like, shifted his stats properly, yeah. or set up his move list. The stat stuff they got even in the current <coughs> WWE game, so... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they've, they've had the stats since, uh... God. It, it was a little mm. after the N64 wrestling yeah. games. A little after that, they went on, like, a stat-based system. To try to make the games more fair. Well, we need to kind of wrap this up. But, yeah, up. We, we gotta wrap this up. So, that, that's mostly some of our known WWE, WWF moments, so anybody listening and watching this, why don't you go ahead and, you know, let us know your favorite WWE, WWF moments, whether it's The Undertaker involving The Undertaker, involving Hulk Hogan, involving The Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, Stone the, Cold. The, uh, the death of Paul Bearer. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, the actual death. Well, no, not the actual death, the staged where they poured concrete oh, on his ew. head. Oh, yeah, and, that, and, that was uh, and w pretty messed up to watch. And, you know, you and we could go into even the current WWE stuff as well from, like, 
John Cena's weird feud with uh, Rusev to this weird Seth Rollins being WWE champion through the money in the bank at WrestleMania. And Scott will talk to you about that, because the last thing I remember watching was, like I said, a little after they rebranded uh, ECW. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but this is more or less what your favorite it, moments are. It was are, around so. the time of Sheamus showing up. Yeah, your favorite WWE, WWF moments, so whether it's really old school or the present. So, uh, contact info, Facebook, Phantom Night. The, there's a Phantom Night group page on Facebook. Mm-hmm. The easiest way is to go to fandomnight.com, yeah. and literally website. everything is there. The RSS feed, the the link to the uh, Facebook page. The YouTube page. Uh, the YouTube page. Uh, I think there's a Google Plus page, but seeing as how not many people use Google Plus, I mean, it, it might just be whatever. Bill. It might just be Yeah, Bill. well, no, because I use it too, Uh-oh. but I don't really get on groups or anything. I use it to keep score on my games. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, stay tuned, and the next episode should be either... ECW or WCW? We'll decide once we get there.